What's up? Welcome back to the Declaration Podcast. My name is Ty Declare, and thank you so, so much for tuning in today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome back in. Thank you for tuning in once again. I'd like to thank Patreon over in the squad. We have Liam Nolan at Liam Nolan, Matt Nafe at Matt Nafe, and Boyan Ansonoff at Boyan of E. Ansonoff, thank you so much, everyone. Over in the Angels, we have Chris Pierce at Chris Pierce 103. Chris, really love you, buddy. Um, if you're uh if you're a friend of Chris, if you like Chris, if you just want to be a good person, go out, pick some litter up today. And uh yeah, just uh give the world a big old hug. Also I'd like to thank Mason Tim at the Bearded Bear95. If you want to support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash the declaration online. We'd love to have you over there. For the mental health check this week. Uh proud to say that the weekend was amazing this weekend. Um the, the week leading up to it was uh, you know a, a difficult one. Uh felt pretty stressed with work and stressed with just everything going on and it was a bit of a continuation of kind of what the last couple of weeks have been like for me where wake up, hit the snooze, hit the snooze, hit the snooze, hit the snooze. Now I'm late. Throw some clothes on, take Delilah for a walk, rush back in, start work, get off at like five and feel like my day has passed me by and I haven't really done anything for me. And then instead of doing anything, I might just like grab a handful of trail mix and watch some some Netflix and then go to bed and repeat it all. Uh, and I'm just kind of tired of that. So about halfway through the week, I just really started to lean into making myself a priority and trying to, again, control my morning as much as I can. So waking up before I have to, getting my squats in the morning, taking a shower, taking Delilah for a walk, obviously, maybe make myself some breakfast, always making the coffee. That's not the problem. But you know, when I get depressed, I, I just stop caring about myself. And I think that just comes from my whole life. It's been about trying to please others and do what's best for others. And my needs, my best, it's that's, that's, that takes a backseat to everyone else. And I think, um, yeah, I, I think it's just really important for myself. Just remember that my needs matter. And that if I want to be my best self, that includes taking care of myself and doing the things that I need. And I think this whole thing is just a, I guess, a, a journey of self-discovery to learn what works for me. Um, I know for sure, you know, eating healthy, having a routine, having a bedtime, uh, watching Queer Eye. <laughs> like, okay, if you haven't watched Queer Eye yet on Netflix, head on over there. It, it's literally self-care in a show. You laugh, you cry. You feel so much better and it just fills you with this amount of just self-love, just watching someone else learn to love themselves and, oh, please go watch Queer if you haven't. Um, but yeah, other ways I can learn to care for myself, simply accepting myself for who I am. And I, I think just the last thing is, you know, just doing what makes me feel good. Now that now don't read that as, you know, do what masks the pain because that's not it, but if you enjoy something, just full on lean into it. 
Man, I love F1. I could watch F1 races all day. After work today, I got off and I watched uh, an F1 race before uh, recording this podcast with Josie. If you know what you like, lean into it, do it, and take care of yourself. Uh, just another thought that I had this week was, um, you know, it's a bit on defense mechanisms, right? Is what do you turn to when you don't feel good? And, you know, what do you turn to when you're scared, when, when things aren't going your way? And one of my defense mechanisms is intellectualization or intellectualizing, however you want to say it. Basically, I try and put on this big front of, oh, I'm a podcast host and I'm going to explain this process of, you know, what this is. And by doing so, I can disconnect myself from experiencing the emotions that I'm actually going through by trying to figure it out. Um, a great way to, to, to visualize this is I'll be sitting there and a thought will pop in my head, like a a really cool thought, you know, maybe it's a connection from the past that I just put together. Maybe it's something that I've done before and I'm still doing now. And I, and I realize why I'm doing it instead of sitting in that emotion and trying to really feel it. I immediately try and jump ahead to what's next. Um, like what's the solution? How can I teach about this instead of actually just like sitting in the emotion for a bit? So I think, um, not just for this week, but you know, moving forward is really just leaning into and sitting in the emotions when I do feel them and accepting whatever emotions I have. And I guess not being afraid of, of emotion (laughs) for lack of a better word. But yes, uh, as I mentioned, the weekend was amazing. We got away on Bria and I got away on Friday. I uh, went to Cape Breton to stay with Stacy and Jeff at the Cabot Trail Pathfinders, the greenhouse. Oh, it was exactly what I needed. Even on the drive to Cape Breton, Bria's like, I can already see the stress just draining off your face. And all was amazing. We hung out with uh, Stacy and Stacy and Jeff are just amazing people. Uh, they took us around to the different beaches. We saw a sunset on the beach. It was just amazing. Um, we ended up going on a 14 kilometer hike up, uh, Powell mountain. And, uh, that's somewhere where it's on the back of someone's property. So there weren't many humans who have ever stepped on the, and seen the things that we saw on that hike. Um, you know, to be all that logging over like what 17,000 steps or something. Right, well, 20,000 steps when the day was over, but yeah, literally hiking up two mountains and back in a day. I took my first nap in like five years, which if you know me, that's a huge deal that I was able to nap. Uh, so either way, I'm just trying to bring this kind of freshness, this much needed reset to my life this week. And Hey, we've been going through something with this pandemic, with, um, you know, the social movement, with everything going on. And uh, it's just, it's important to lean into what makes you come back stronger and to recognize when you need that. And I definitely needed last weekend and yeah, just making myself a priority and my needs a priority moving forward. This week on the show, we have Josie Hunt. Josie is a great friend of mine. Uh, She's in the Halifax area. We, uh, we played Dungeons and Dragons together. We have a great time. She's an amazing person and that comes through on the show. So let's get started. Like, share, subscribe, all that fun stuff. 
Have a great week. I love you. If you need to talk, if you need to talk, reach out. Someone will listen, if not myself. Reach out to your friends. Reach out to someone. Tell them you love them. Let's bring this love into this week. Please welcome Josie Hunt. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Hi, everyone. This is Josie. Josie Hunt, my friend. One of my first friends in Halifax, actually, because part of what I call the crew out here. Um, Yeah. So, Josie, do you just want to, I guess, let the people know who you are? Just maybe give like the quick synopsis of who is Josie Hunt? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, oh, I don't like being put on the spot like that. I'm like, who the fuck am I? <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, I love it. Now it's now going to do a philosophy class. Yeah, it's like, oh. <laughs> um, like on a base level, I'm, I guess you could call it American-Canadian. I'm from the States originally. I came up here in 2000. Oh, nine now. I've been here 11 years. Um, fell in love with Nova Scotia, and this is just home now. Hmm. Um, I went to school for archaeology, which is super fascinating and fun, and not dinosaurs. Hmm. Um, which everyone seems to think it's dinosaurs, but that's uh, paleontology. Um, I like long walks in a freshly plowed field. And I like to plan things. <laughs> Wonderful. Do you plan these walks through freshly mowed areas or? Usually it would be, uh, if I'm doing that, it would be in a um, plan. It's very planned. I'm not doing it though. It's usually, but you have to follow a grid pattern and you have flags. You come across any uh, material mm. cultural remains. Gotcha. Yes. Gotcha. I'm not doing the planning of this, but uh, you can find some beautiful, beautiful things when you're walking through a freshly plowed field. Mm, wonderful. Okay. I did not know that your background was in archaeology. Tell me. Really? Yeah. Tell me more about that. What was that? Like, what, what was that process like kind of going through school for that? No, we'll go further. Why were you, why are you interested in archaeology? Um, I guess when I was a kid, I would like I'm originally from Nebraska, middle of nowhere. And I played outside a lot. And a lot of that would just be digging holes for no reason. Hmm. And you come across a lot of things when you just dig holes into untapped places you're not expecting. I guess there's also a weird connection of my grandmother's brother is I wouldn't say a full archaeologist, but he's been doing the trade professionally and just unprofessionally for years. And okay. he's a massive resource in uh, Nebraska for that. So once I got older, uh, we kind of connected a little bit over that. Um, he deals a lot with the uh, is it mammoths, I think. Hmm. Yeah. And I mean, school. I uh, started school a lot later than a lot 
day because I wanted to be certain of what I was going to go into if I'm going to be spending a ton of money and going into so much debt for this. I wanted to make sure I was doing something I was happy with. I mean, flash forward, what am I doing with this degree? Nothing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that didn't exactly pan out how I thought it would, but it was some of the most fulfilling times of my life working in the archaeology lab. Hmm. Just getting to handle artifacts and put things back together and figure out what things are. Hmm. That is really cool. Um, I guess my first question would be, what's the coolest thing that you've found and or put back together? The coolest thing that I found was actually during a field walk. Um, this was an Acadian um, cultural site, kind of for context. So I was going, walking my line, and I looked down and see this beautiful piece of turquoise sticking up out of the ground. And so I got all excited and called my professor over, and he got really excited because he knew what it was. So it turns out it was flacon, which is French glass. And when you hold it up to light, it has bubbles in it. And that's very um, specific to French settlement, mm. which told us that we had found an Acadian site. That's really cool. So I sat down in that field and was spit shining glass i had so much dirt in my mouth that day but i was it was so worth it <laughs> just the glory of archaeology is finding glass getting dirt in your mouth i love it that's that's i've never i don't think i've met someone who actually has a background in archaeology or even has an interest in archaeology i know i took like a geology course once so i mean I, I guess I might be special there, but um, yeah, no, like I guess you mentioned, you know, you had um, a family member who was a resource and all that. And um, what was the process like of trying to find, I guess, a program to go into and, and what is the job market like for anyone with like a archeology span background? Hi, Sean. <laughs> um, I guess. The process for me to picking, I went to St. Mary's, which is one of the many universities in Halifax. I chose it primarily because I didn't want to be going out of province. I wanted to stay local. And the anthropology department at St. Mary's is phenomenal. It's probably one of the main assets besides the business um, portion of St. Mary's. Mm. Um, the, like I looked at Dal's program and it was kind of like, yeah, we'll kind of touch into cultural anthropology, but we're not really truly going to, uh, have anything actually archaeology based. I could have gone to, um, Mount A in New Brunswick, but I didn't really want to go there. Mun in Newfoundland also has an amazing program, but St. Mary's was the ideal choice because I didn't have to actually leave Halifax for mm -hmm. it. Um, 
the program itself, um, you have to, it's kind of more of a, a well-rounded anthropology degree. So that's focusing in archaeology, biological, anthro, and went through a bunch of different courses in those. Okay. Um, there was points where I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Do I really want to be doing this? But then I started really digging deep into um, my archaeology courses. I was taking a fourth level in second year. And that's kind of what really got me working in the lab. And I did a lot of volunteer work to the point where my professor gave me paid work for him for most of my uh, degree there. And I guess for my, I would say, the first um, site that I really worked on was Beachville, mm. which has, um, it was a, a house fire. So there was thousands upon thousands of artifacts that were just left there because it's a fire. You're going to just leave and everything's going to essentially fall. And there was so many beautiful earthenware um, pot vessels, I guess you could say. Like, there were massive storage pots. Mm -hmm. And getting to put those together, they became essentially my babies. And Mm -hmm. they went to the museum kind of labeled as such. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's kind of cool to know that there's work that I've done that's in museums now. Wow. That is very cool. Oh my God, I can only imagine the pride and I guess, yeah, I have something in a museum. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Okay. Um, and now you mentioned, was it American, American Canadian or how do you, what, what's your, what's your, uh, Oh, I just jokingly call myself an American Canadian because it flows nicely. Um, I still have to get my Canadian, um, citizenship. I am mm. a permanent resident and I mean, I can really do that at any point, but uh, things have really shut down government-wise right now, so it's not the best time to be uh, putting through anything like that. Yeah. What was it like growing up in Nebraska? Boring. So boring. There was nothing to do. I, like, I had eight people in my grade. Wow. I went to a K through 12 school where there was like 150 students. My entertainment was riding my bike around a village hmm. of 300. Wow. Yeah. I'm very, 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 very small town. Mm-hmm. And like I grew up, um, like on a ranch essentially with horses. So I did a lot of uh, Western style um, horse riding, which I find up here everyone's doing is it the British version of it. It's more fancy. Okay. Okay. Because yeah. I'm not, I'm not the resource for horse riding styles in Canada. Um, I read a ho- I rode a horse once. I couldn't even tell you what my style was stay on the horse. So um, yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, Ike. The only really thing, my only memory of Nebraska isn't even about Nebraska. It was uh, I was at I was at my school in states, Richmond, Indiana, old uh, Earlham College. 
And uh, we, we got these like hacky sack balls. I took it out and I read the label. And it was like made in China, packaged in, and I'm going to say what I said out loud first, in Omaha NB. <laughs> I was like, that's a weird place. Like, oh. And someone's like, seriously? Nebraska. Omaha, Nebraska. I was like, oh, oh, of course. Yeah, like, I don't like, I, I felt so, I guess, Canadian <laughs> in that moment. <laughs> and like, obviously, Omaha, Nebraska, not Omaha NB. Anyways, um, so oh, I get, don't feel bad. Um, like, we went and did it. Like, I was in school band for a few years, and we got to go to Washington, D.C. to play all around the city. Hmm. During some, I don't even know what it was. It was some big event where they'd have schools from across the states. They'd come and people would ask, oh, where are you guys from? And we'd say Nebraska. They're like, oh, what country is that? So not even like Americans don't even know where Nebraska is. It's that uneventful. So don't worry. Uh, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's mostly corn. Am I, am I right in saying that? Yeah, it's mostly corn and i don't think sean fully believes me because every time i've uh, gone back there with him the corn's not either in season or it hasn't or it's already been um eaten collected harvested <laughs> that's the word. i'm not a good nebraskan okay that's okay that's okay <laughs> so when did you move to canada I moved to Canada in 2009. They're very questionable circumstances. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had just graduated um, high school. I essentially had a mostly full ride to go to school in Florida because I had um, moved to Florida for two years before I ended up in Canada. Mm. Got into a fight with my mom. And pretty much told her, screw you, I'm going to Canada. I'm not going to university. Hmm. And that's how I fully ended up here. <laughs> right on. And did you end up in Nova Scotia right away? Yeah, I only lived in Nova Scotia. I was in more South Shore, though. Okay. What was the attraction to there? guy i was seeing with there <laughs> uh-huh yeah yeah gotcha gotcha like, i don't think i would ever choose to live in that area it's beautiful it's very nice for this ton of lakes there mm-hmm. but not a whole lot of anything and it's someone who spent their life in a whole lot of nothing i don't really want to do that anymore i'm mm-hmm. pretty content being in a more civilized <laughs> area yeah 100 <laughs> percent. i i can agree with that although i did just spend the weekend in cape breton and oh, i i loved how few people there were and how little was going on there it was but there's also an ocean to stare at so that i guess yeah. that helps i don't mind the like visiting those kind of places i think it's great to disconnect from everything and just go in nature. I think it's so important to do that, but mm-hmm. to live in that would drive me up the wall. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess today, do you see yourself using any of the 
life lessons, education, anything like that from your archaeology background and what you're doing today? Oh, 100%. Most of what I do is just transferable skills. Mm -hmm. My degree, like I had to have a base level knowledge of almost every other degree that is in university, just by the nature of what we do. Mm History is a big part of it. Um, Geology is a massive part of what we do. Um, A lot of math. to a degree, a little bit of business as well, because we have to try and think, how can we make archaeology more accessible to others by taking courses on that? Mm. How can we reach more people? How can we get the community fully engaged in what we're doing? Because that's a kind of big issue. I don't think I fully answered um, one of your previous questions where you asked what the job market is. <laughs> it's... Uh, Certain areas, great. Others, not. A lot of the work is dependent on government funding, and mm-hmm. governments don't really prior- prioritize archaeology. That's fair. So yeah. It's a lot of trying to get the community to engage in what we're doing, because the more the community is interested in speaking up about it, the more of a spotlight is shined on what we're doing, and the more money we actually get from government. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's all really cool. And absolutely. Yeah. Those skills are 100% transferable to almost anything, especially D and D, which, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, Dungeons and Dragons is probably one of the main ways that we've like, other than just random friendship, you know, we've played D and D as the most like probably task oriented way we've hung out. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, history, math, uh, all that, all those things, they, they kind of do have a basis in D and D as well. Uh, just talk about D and D for a bit, and and what I yeah. guess the the role it plays in your life, and why you like it, and all that good stuff. Yeah, I started playing, and I was either I think it was like January of 2013. Um, it was a campaign with some friends. It was heavily, heavily role play based. And it was a homebrew, which would be, there's licensed D&D campaigns that are put out by Wizards of the Coast, who puts out essentially all the D&D content. But you can also sandbox it and make your own worlds. And this was very much a make-your-own-world campaign that that DM made. And it really just kind of lit the fire in me of this is amazing i get to step out of myself for a little bit and just be someone else for a bit but over the years i've made probably 30 plus characters but they always have a little bit of yourself in them and i always find like this character like Elizabeth, is my um wizard in isaac's campaign and she is a horrible, horrible, horrible person. But like there's aspects of her that I can see are in me. She's what I would be without a moral compass. She is just a weird facet of myself that I get to explore that I would never be in real life, but I get to just kind of let that out. And in a weird way, she's kind of changed me Mm. because I'm a little bit more assertive 
in myself and a little bit more not going to put up with people's shit as much, which is, it's a weird thing to come out of that, but I'm very grateful for it. D&D is in a way therapy for me because I work through, it's therapy for a lot of people who play and it allows you to work through whatever you're going through in your life at that time, which is where I think everyone should play. And I mean, you look at the numbers now, everyone is kind of starting to play. It's really taking off. People are actually seeing, oh, this isn't that guys in a basement doing that, that's full stop things. yeah just guys in a basement full stop yeah that's yeah, the, like, that is an impression yeah like, there is so much diversity in D now it's incredible i've never played in a campaign that didn't have at least half women mm-hmm. which a lot of people that's kind of shocking to them to even consider that oh it's not just men playing in a basement it's actually we're playing like i've played in conventions i've played in stores i've played in people's houses not one of those i would characterize as like dark and dank and questionable Mm -hmm. yeah you play with so many different people it's amazing to connect i love it yeah um so we mostly know each other because of isaac who is bria's cousin there, everyone's caught up now on the uh, on the timeline of how we met. Um, and when I met Isaac, you know, we talk about D and D. The way he explained it to me was, yeah, is take like a tiny fraction of yourself or something you're curious about or anything like that, and just be curious about it and play it like as deep as you can. And I think that is a really cool way of, I guess, kind of taking the ego out of it and not being afraid to look at those parts not being afraid to act out those parts um i mean i know from my background is being able to play through these situations before like outside of quote-unquote reality or you know a stressful situation like let's say being like preparing to uh go into battle in D D, and if you're someone who is technically nervous but your character is someone who is super confident acting as if you're confident can actually play huge benefits in when you're approaching a situation that like, you know, you'd be nervous in real life, but I'm going to apply this. And I think it's just a really cool way of being creative. And I didn't, I, 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 when I first started, I figured it was all just like, so everyone has the same book and you're all just playing through the same thing. It's like, no, 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 no. And, uh, you know, the more I play, the more I enjoy it and the more, um, the more I get into it. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, I've enjoyed playing with you because like you bring something very special to the table, which is like you really commit to your characters. Some people like don't fully feel like comfortable committing to it, but you are definitely one of those people who just, fully commit and i appreciate that i try my best to fully commit when i'm in those hmm. moments yeah um for everyone my character was a canadian drunk um who could turn into bears so yeah i really got into that one um that was fun uh i can't wait to play that that campaign again oh, no. will let's get this going again come on buddy <laughs> now that the uh the bubbles are being popped we oh, can yeah. uh, get together in person and play very soon, hopefully. 
Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm excited for that. Oh my goodness. Especially on that new table. Oof. Oof. Yes. Isaac got a new table. I cannot wait to play on it. But yes, the bubbles are getting popped. And at least out here on Atlantic Canada, um, there was a quick response. And I think we're kind of reaping the benefits of it. I'm absolutely terrified what's going to happen when they open borders and, and what happens yeah. there. But I don't know about you, but I did this being able to do friendship again was much, much, much needed. Yeah. It, like we got together with 10 people mm-hmm. <laughs> over the weekend and it was like, I have Joe and I, like we did not want to let go of each other. It was kind of like mm-hmm. we were hugging for 20 seconds and like almost crying. Cause it was just that good to be able to hug a friend yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. The first day, uh, when we got to Cape Breton, we we met the people at the door and it was that like two second, like, are we going to hug? Are we not? I was like, Oh yeah. It was not illegal anymore. <laughs> Bring it in. And Oh, amazing. Amazing. Can't wait to hug you guys. I know it's been too, too long. I know. I know. We'll have to get together sometime this weekend or something Maybe. like that. I'm not sure what yeah. the plans are, but yeah. yeah. I haven't checked the chat, but like that was kind of blowing up right before we started. This. Yeah. So I'm sure there's something going down. Yeah, and if not, we'll do some sort of dinner party or something. But um, yeah, but I mean, we've been going through a global pandemic, um, a historical civil rights movement. I don't want to be the right words. Um, a historic systemic change. Fingers crossed. Hopefully, definitely, yeah. probably. Hopefully. Um, a lot of emotion. A lot of not really knowing what the next step is, let alone the next five steps. How have you been coping with all of this? I mean, surprisingly well for the first like month or so, mm-hmm. but it's the past month has kind of been a little bit more difficult. I was doing really good about when it, we first kind of went into like the isolation lockdown of like we're stuck inside, we can't really do anything. It was all right. Every day I'm going to work out. I'm going to just kind of push through, put myself in a better mindset. And I was really good about that. And then it was, I think, around the time that the family bubbles kind of popped up, that that kind of just fell to the wayside. Because mm-hmm. it was, I mean, it's hard when you, like, we didn't have anyone to bubble with. So we were still stuck in knowing that others are starting to get that they can be around people again and we're still just stuck. And yeah. that put me into a bit of a funk. So, yeah. Don't know if you're picking up that siren right now. Oh, I love it. That's uh, hopefully I'll hear it soon because we don't live that far away. But yeah, we're, what do I keep? I could. I couldn't throw a rock and hit you, but <laughs> yeah. But no, um, that's 100% my experience too. Um, like the first month, maybe even two months, like you're saying, is is kind of that push through mentality. Um, you know, trying to acknowledge that no one's really gone through something like this in our lifetime Mm -hmm. so trying to you know cope with that but at a certain time it's kind of run out of steam and it just gets harder and I was really feeling that these last like three or so weeks it was like Mm -hmm. getting out of bed like oh again and then you know like feeling like I'm being dragged through my day rather than kind of leading myself through the day but I, like I'm a big proponent of you know hard times make hard people, 
And, um, you know, this is the resiliency that comes from, I guess, not dying through a situation. Mm. Um, I, I, I guess I feel more, more self introspective, I guess introspective, just drop the self. Yeah. I'm just feel more introspective and more, I guess, open to figure out what actually works for me. Like for me, it, it seems to be a lot about trying to control my morning and, mm-hmm. um, you know, not get out of bed and immediately trying to do things for other people, but actually taking that time for myself and also just realizing, man, like, like self care yeah. is, is just that it's caring for yourself. And it's very easy to put yourself on the back burner. It's very easy to, uh, you know, just make, like stop caring about yourself because most of our lives have been spent caring about other people. Yeah. And I think it, I'm very pr- like happy for these lessons, but man, the, the, the teacher that life can be, can be, uh, you know, difficult at times too. Uh, do you have any like main takeaways or I guess things that you're, I guess, more aware of now that you've gone, we're still going through, but we've gone through this so far. Yeah, I think for me, the biggest thing is I didn't want to fully backslide back into depression because I've mm-hmm. been fighting that for probably the past four years and I've like my head's like breaking the water and I'm starting to feel better. And then this all happened and it was just like, yeah. all right, really center myself, really just focus on the moment, knowing that this is temporary. We'll get through it, but trying not to just fully backslide. I mean, like I said, the past month's been a little bit difficult, but it's not as bad as when I was at my worst with depression. So it's a little bit of um, just really focusing on where I am and knowing if there's going to be days where I need to just not do anything. Mm. And that is okay. I mean, I was talking with Lucas and we were just kind of doing like a check-in with mm-hmm. each other being like, how are you? Mm-hmm. And like, we got really real in our conversation. It was kind of like, wow, usually it's the, I'm fine. Like we don't want to actually get into it with each other, but it was really nice to just be able to actually say, you know what? I'm not fine. Yeah. And that's okay. So long as I'm like allowing myself to feel these emotions, knowing that it's okay that I'm feeling these emotions. They're not going to last and the bad's going to make the good better. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So it's just really kind of sitting in those emotions, knowing that you don't have to do anything to fix it in that moment. Sometimes the best thing you can do for yourself is just stop, take a deep breath, know that, yeah, this sucks. This really fucking sucks. But I have a lot that I'm thankful for. Hmm. and there's a lot to look forward to absolutely yeah i I love that i love that a lot um yeah i i I completely agree with all that i uh one of the main things that i guess helped me when i was volunteering at psalm 23 was preaching that same message of if you're in a headspace if you know if you're going through something if you're having a bad day take a breath and ask yourself, what are you grateful for? Because if you can just simply do that, it, it can reframe everything. And one of the things I've learned most through this podcast is just how important it is just to be open and honest. And like you're saying is if someone asks you, how are you doing? And they actually care is give them the real stuff because most of us are going through something quite similar 
someone can relate with what you're saying. And when you let people in, you're not going through it alone. And that connection that we can feel when we're heard and listened to and not going through something alone is huge. Mm-hmm. Huge. Um, so yeah, keep doing what you're doing then. Like, like my, I love my, our friend group I, for that. It's just. Oh my God, yes. <sighs> yeah. We are blessed with such a large and caring and loving friend group. Mm-hmm. Like it's ridiculous. There's so many times I'll just sit back and be like, how did I get so lucky to know all of these amazing people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's definitely one of those being able to be real with your friends and not just kind of that surface level brush it off. Mm-hmm. It's crucial. Like it's, it can be a weight off of your shoulders knowing that you can just talk to someone about these things. And I've always, like, as, as soon as I'm aware of that, like, yeah, okay, I'm depressed right now. Cause I think there's that stage of kind of being in denial that you're in depression. Mm-hmm. and you just kind of like I don't feel right but I don't know what it is and then you, it finally hits you and I'm like oh and going back in it's like <laughs> okay that makes sense so I'm very vocal about that because I find it's important to not hide these things mm. I will always like like how are you doing I'm depressed right now but I'm happy that I'm here with friends mm-hmm and I mean, this is also super heavy, but like I've lost people to suicide. Mm. I've dealt with a lot of um, I guess fallout from family members um, attempting mm. and then having to be the one to pick them up and deal with everything from a whole other country, which is not fun. Mm. So I'm like for me always making sure that everyone knows I love you. Mm. I care about you. And for the love of everything, if you need to talk, I am always here because I know how hard it is for some people to really truly let people in, in those moments. Mm. I mean, I've dealt with that myself too. It's a big struggle. So I'm always, always, always here, like no matter what kind of thing. If you need me, I'm here. And I feel like everyone should have someone in their life. And most people do. Not everyone might, but you might not realize you have someone who will kind of like ride or die. I will be there for you if you need me. Mm-hmm. And you just have to kind of open your eyes to... You have people in your life that love you mm-hmm. and will support you. And in the darkest pits of depression and suicidal ideation, it's important to, even if you get that five minutes of clarity, just be like, all right, I have these people who care about me. I should try to reach out. Yeah. And it's, like I said, it's difficult. It, it can feel embarrassing to even have those thoughts or to, to, even like just verbalize what's going on. I can, I can definitely relate to that. And um, like, like I, I agree. I, I hope that people out there know that they have that kind of person in their lives. And you know, if they don't, there's help phones. Um, right now there's a program, uh, wellness together, Canada, free resource 
uh, for like self-guided courses, self-assessment, peer support, peer coaching, counseling by text or phone. It's all there if you need it. So you know, if you are going through something, check out a resource, reach out to myself, to Josie, to a friend, to someone and just let us in because like some people have been there and if they haven't been there, they're willing to listen. And yeah. And I, I guess one of the things that I really appreciate about our friend group is, you know, we really made the whole stick together thing a priority as soon as this happened. And one of the biggest ways we did that was from doing little like activities, mostly uh, chaperoned by yourself. <laughs> and I, I know that, you know, you're big into, you know, art as well and, and just kind of an artistic expression on things. And I guess how important was that through this whole, through this whole process? I think that's kind of what kept me sane to a degree was putting together random events um, like the scavenger hunt where you and Bria went so hard. So hard. <laughs> like, yeah. Like yeah. that was probably like peak mm-hmm. um, planning and I've got another scavenger hunt in the works. I've got almost double the amount of challenges this time because oh you crazy people went through like the 75 some odd ones that I had in no time flat. And I thought that would be a challenge where we're stuck inside and can't actually leave, but nope, that that was nothing. So Love prepare it. yourself. This is going to be outside I'm, too. I'm prepared. I think maybe, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I, I love it. And I, I love, um, I, I guess I just love seeing you, do what you love. Yeah. I, I think it shows. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah. So I ask everyone who comes on the show the same question. What is one tip you have for a satisfying and healthy life? I think you just hit on it right there. Find that thing that you are passionate about and throw yourself at it full tilt just really dig into something that you can feel joy doing even if it's five minutes of a day Mm. if it's hours just find something that really sparks that fire inside you because it will make it easier to get through the hard stuff Mm -hmm. knowing that you can really just focus on something that's making you happy and if it makes others happy too as you're doing it even better absolutely yeah. I, uh, I, yeah, hundred percent. Yes. Agreed. Smash that like button. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I did a podcast and something similar to this before where it's almost like reducing your scope where you're not worried about trying to do a million and one things. It's just, let me be good at this one thing that I really like. And by trying to be the best at that one thing, everything else just kind of takes care of itself. Oh yeah. Right. It's like, if you're into art, lean into it. Just give it your all, like do what you can to be the best artist. Does that mean waking up early so you can catch the sunrise and get inspired by that? Is it, you know, whatever that is for you, apply whatever that is and then just watch the rest of your day, the other, the frivolous stuff that you're having trouble with, watch it resolve itself. And I I love it. Yes. Um, Yes. (laughs) Great. Like art's such a like de-stressing thing for me. I love to paint and that's just my way to like really let go of stress. Mm -hmm. So yeah, absolutely. Just being able to like decompress mm. and not worry about something because like I am such an anxious person. I feel like I'm shaky right now. 
because this is an unknown. I haven't done a podcast. Yeah. So I'm it, it's those nerves, but yeah. it's happy nerves. Yeah, they uh the what is it, the the butterflies that let you know that something cool's about to happen. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love it. Yeah, I'm like what ninety something episodes into this podcast, and I still get pre-show jitters. So, uh, <laughs> you're not alone in some shakes, but don't worry, we're almost there. Uh, <laughs> so, where can people find you if they want to get a hold of you? If they want to, I guess, keep up with you, can, is there a place online that people can find you? Um, I do have an Instagram. I don't post a lot. I'm kind of a bit of a private person when it comes to my public life but say you want to talk you'd be best off i guess reaching out and on instagram i'm trying to think what my name even is on there let me see <laughs> um who am i <laughs> let's see i need to get like some background music to go along with with things like this because i know right uh neon jawbreaker neon jawbreaker is there a period or anything in there or is it just neon no, jawbreaker? It is just neon jawbreaker all lowercase. That's a great, it's a great name. Is there a story behind that name? Oh, absolutely. Yes. There is. <laughs> so like early into when me and Sean first started dating, um, we're for whatever reason talking about like what kind of candy each other is. Hmm. And he told me that I am a rainbow neon jawbreaker. Huh. Just because of how I can't, I don't know the full exactly why it was. I can't, that was years ago that it was just, there's so many layers to me Mm. and rainbow and Mm. (laughs) ridiculous and neon, which if you know me in person, I have a bit of a, I'm bubbly, but I'm also not. But yeah, so I shortened it to Neon Jawbreaker because that is the what I use for all my gaming accounts. And it, I couldn't fit Rainbow Neon Jawbreaker, and I just Neon Jawbreaker uh, has a ring. It, it's yeah, it's got a nice little ring to it, so I really like that. Yeah. Now, how disappointed are you that if he was going for the layers metaphor, that he didn't go with the Shrek reference of onions? Is there any animosity there, or do you just not want to be described as an onion? I could have been like rainbow neon onion, and I don't know if that has the same ring as neon jawbreaker. What about like so? I mean, I'm okay neon there, but on a, on a little bit, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I like it. Yeah, we'll we'll work Better ring sound. Yeah. Well. <laughs> we'll keep that one i'll just start calling you an onion and it'll it'll work and, and i mean i respect that, that. Yeah. i'm okay with that if you start calling me onion i'll be like mm. one for you <laughs> no you're just donkey because of that freaking <laughs> because, of oh, yeah. because of the scavenger the amount of times yeah. i have to see that video because i'm editing it because i'm putting together like a video that's about 30 minutes long of all the submissions from that. And when I have to keep editing and seeing you doing that and the other stuff that you do, like you are the hardest for me to watch because I'm dying. <laughs> and it's like, all right, I'm going to watch 
ass on repeat. Yeah. Um, yeah. Quick. It's just, peek it's just behind. too good. Yeah. 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 Quick, quick cool. peek behind the curtain for everyone. Yeah. That, that scavenger hunt just involved a lot of ass on my part. Just um, whatever the scavenger part. No, you didn't ask for it, but I definitely definitely gave it. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I mean, I guess those who know me, that obviously is not a surprise that my ass would be the center of attention on anything that I post. I am doing like a hundred squats a day. How are are you still doing squats? I am. I had a bad day where they didn't get done. So I'm doing extra, but I've only missed one day. And that was the party day That's when amazing. we actually got to see everyone so it was but i felt so bad that i also couldn't stand up straight so i was like well i i, I tried i tried to do my squats when i normally do because i do them at night before bed and i tried in the bathroom and i almost fell into the tub so i was like all right you know what maybe maybe i should just make up for this but i also do extra squats every day anyway so it's Oh, you're good. I'm probably doing way more than rocking out. <laughs> there you go. Have you found anything from doing all those squats yet? Like any lessons, any benefits, anything like that? I feel like my ass is actually starting to look a little bit better and like more firm and just a nice I'm getting something from this. I'm like, all right, this is good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I would really say like anything like for mine's because we kind of touched on this when we were talking about it um i can kind of go on autopilot when i'm doing squats so i usually multitask like i brush my teeth while i'm doing my squats right so that alone i will knock out 60 to 80 squats yeah and then if i'm doing squats during the rest of the day then that's another anywhere between 40 and 60 squats so Squats are like 100%. I mean, even just like trying to plan out throughout your day when you're going to do squats, I think there's like even a benefit in that, like just trying to plan ahead, schedule things out. Yeah, I really wish I would do them earlier in the day. That's that's what I'm doing now, too. Um, just as soon as I get up, I'm just getting them done, and oh, it's so much better instead of like sitting there at three o'clock, like I still have squats to do. Oh yeah, that's me. I like it's midnight because I count my day as until I go to bed. So yeah. as long as I get them in before I go to bed, that's that day's set. Um, yeah, there's times when, say, I'm playing Warzone with everyone, and uh, they'll just hear me without a. Because <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done any of my hundred, and I'm exhausted, and I am going to be plowing through a hundred in one go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing more just soul crushing than realizing oh man but it's that commitment mm-hmm. knowing that i cannot let myself down and that's why i'm super crushed about not doing them on saturday because mm-hmm. i wanted to do them before the party but i was also baking cookies all day which really sucked because it was one of the hottest days mm-hmm. yeah. but i just didn't have time to fit them in it was like well that's all right. Use but that uh, yeah. use that bitter taste to power you through the last uh, twenty or so days. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. But I think it's a 
good thing though because it's one of those you can have the best intentions something can come up but as long as you keep pushing through and get right back into it and not fall off and like well one thing ruined it and it'll snowball into just not doing it it's good Mm -hmm. to just keep going and pushing through even if you have a setback 100 percent. i love it yes thank you josie so much (laughs) uh you've uh you said it all so uh really quick what's something you're grateful for I'm grateful for this friend group. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of a theme is like, I'm so grateful for mm-hmm. all the amazing friends I've made up here, which honestly, I wouldn't even say friends anymore. Like this is family up here. Mm-hmm. It's a found family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone brings something special to the table. Well, and we I love everyone. I appreciate you very much as well. And, uh, <laughs> Yes, thank you for coming on. Thank you for being My open, pleasure. honest, all that good stuff. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll have to get you on soon again, and we'll bring Sean on next time too. <laughs> Ooh, that'd be interesting. <laughs> yeah, that'd be yeah, real fun. Anywho, thank you once again. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye bye.